0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Speak Up Erica podcast. And in today's episode, we have Glow. Hey, Glow. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Glow. Thanks for being a guest. I'm really excited to have you on.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure. Um, I, it's so amazing listen to your other podcasts and each is such like an inspiring story so it's
0: it's so exciting to be able to just chat with you here and um, have some fun together. Yeah Um, so before we get started into our topic which is going to be about music and mental health um, could you share a little bit about yourself and who you are? Sure my name is Gloria Uh, my nickname is Glow so I usually go by that too.
1: As I guess more of an artist, and I am currently based in New York City. I've lived here for about five years. I'm originally from the Los Angeles area and in California. So growing up there um, has been a very formative part of my life. My parents are European, so I also have that that aspect of my heritage, and it's. It's been something that I've just carried throughout uh, having like immigrant parents and just learning how to navigate the world as a young woman and just music has really helped me in my mental health journey. So as I've gone through different um, forms of recovery and healing process and as a uh, sexual assault survivor from about three years ago it's really been helpful for me to express myself through music and song
0: and just be able to heal with others and hear their stories and amplify their voices that way so that's that's about me thank you so much for sharing with us um uh, that's awesome that's really awesome it's funny because glow and i we met through uh we're both in different parts of the world i guess but we yeah. met through our online festival and um yeah. Glow, glow's performance um was really amazing there she chatted about mental health and music mm-hmm. and and really really dissected the lyrics and like made you appreciate the music a lot more so but thank yeah. you yeah well, the meaning
1: <laughs> the meaning behind the lyrics really um i i view music and Uh, as such an art and the lyrics themselves are basically like poetry that you sing so poetry just as any art like a painting or anything you're able to interpret on your own so the artist has probably their own intentions and their own experiences that they have written into it but something that I appreciate about it is the way that I'm able to relate to it and more people are able to relate to it so I kind of shared my interpretation of that Um, Mm -hmm. and that's
0: exciting to be able to relate on more of a an emotional and intellectual level yeah (laughs) um glow before we get into the topic I guess could you share more about your music background and um, kind of how you got started in the songwriting process and stuff
1: yeah so I've really been involved with music kind of my whole life um my it's not really that I got into it with my family. My family aren't really musical, besides my dad. He studied like classical piano. Um, my mom just enjoys singing. She used to be um, a personal assistant for different bands in Germany in like the 70s and 80s. So that was kind of fun. Um, So I've just known a lot. A lot of my parents' friends are musicians in L.A. Um, So I kind of just grew up in the scene over there, just around a lot of musicians. But I never really thought of myself as a musician. Um, I did choir here and there. um, And, you know, growing up in school, I would sing at different little church functions. I would sing um, in musicals and plays. Um, but I really did it more just out of like my own personal enjoyment. I never thought of it as um, something to really pursue on my own until until i I really needed to. and so I feel like that was something when I feel like I hit rock bottom that was you you get so much clarity when you hit rock bottom and you're like okay these are my needs like not what like other people tell me my needs are like what society is telling me I need to like add to myself and like you know different things like you know education is very important and, you know try to pursue college and try to pursue um a different you know development in your career and all these things but what helped me in my moment of need was was music and that helped me connect to like myself and like a higher power and just like connect to others and I think that that is something that helped me go on and realize like okay music is really a part of me and I can't deny it and I should value it one of my friends um who's also a musician he was we were chatting and he's like music is such a responsibility so if you have that ability you literally have to steward it so well like you can't just take it for granted and um that that really struck me and I was like oh my goodness I can't take you know music for granted and um I have a responsibility to share it with the world and you know I don't need to be famous or anything I don't need Mm -hmm. to like have critical acclaim but being able to share my talent that that's a way that I'm able to express my self to people and also amplify others be able to connect with us you know recognize a fellow musician and be like wow like they're what you're creating is amazing and i want Mm -hmm. to share you with others so that's and that's why i really also love locals fest and the whole um mentality behind that because you know before the pandemic I would love going to all these different festivals and just love the community aspect of it and it's mm-hmm. festivals aren't competitive it's not like a battle of the bands it's just all these different genres of bands performing together and they have really shared audiences they're not perf- like competing for the audience and they're not competing for money or a prize they're just mm-hmm. sharing in this art and I love that and I think that in our everyday life and just as musicians in general, we should, should be constantly sharing, constantly jamming together. Um, that's something I loved when I first moved here, um, from college. I really made my friends through just jamming with people and, and it was really just me listening in onto their own music and kind of spontaneously like joining in with a little riff here and there. Um, And I didn't think much of it at the time, but that's making music, you know, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily publish something from it, but that you still shared that moment. And that was really special. So that's, that's what I really love.
0: Thank you so much for sharing, Glow. I think that you gave some really great insights and perspectives that I've never even thought about. Like, um, when you shared your friend, um, saying that you have a responsibility to, um, Um, your talent of singing and music like that's actually crazy thinking about it because I don't think people realize that as well um yeah that was beautiful and also that the the fact that festivals really is just coming together and just sharing art and talent and music and that it is no competition I haven't even considered that before either and it's so true Mm -hmm. yeah um glow after since you um chatted about the music side, could you chat more about um the mental health aspect? And I feel like you you always um through your Instagram or what have I what I've seen is that you've always been um advocating for mental health. And could you chat more about that?
1: Yeah, so mental health is just huge on my heart. Just because I've um growing up, I've always had different friends and different walks of life that have really been affected by lots of different um, aspects of our mental health, whether it be, you know, like a clinical diagnosis or just something that mm-hmm. I could tell that they were, um, you know, struggling with. I believe we all have have different aspects of our life that involve mental health in in different ways because, you know, our brain is what tells our body to do what it does and, And our brain processes everything on and just life is so, so tough and, and things happen in life that are out of our control and there can be just different imbalances. And I believe that, that, you know, affects your mental health. So whether or not you're predisposed to a certain condition, things can happen and, you know, people get depressed. Um, people get anxious and, you know, it's important to, to validate these things and be able to acknowledge them and say, okay, like this is a feeling and this is a common feeling too. You're not alone in that a lot of people, there's a lot of shame around mental health and it's like, oh, you're crazy or, or, oh, you need, you know, to get fixed And that's really not the case. Something that I've learned, especially I love observing. And that's really a lot of how I learn. I just noticed that um, even with people who've been like clinically diagnosed with certain um, mental health issues, quote unquote, a lot of these things, it's like a spectrum. It ebbs and flows. You know, some days you know, you are needing to have more medical help, you're needing to have more therapy and more of a support system that's very active in your life. And there's some seasons of your life where you're very independent and very um, able to function, you know, a little bit more on your own. And I think that it should be more normalized for people to realize, okay, like I should have support generally in any area. And that's just a wise thing that I love that a lot of more, more, I guess you could say, celebrities, highly acclaimed people, CEOs, things like that. They're coming out with just being more transparent about the fact that they do have a therapist. They do go to um, yeah. different, you know, therapy sessions and have you know different psychological like coping mechanisms in place already, and it's not always as a treatment form. Sometimes it's as a, a way to sort of prepare for things. It's like um, almost preventative in a way. So they, they know that they're going to go into stressful situations in life. When you have a high stakes job, when you have a high stakes career, when you are going into transitions in your life as in going to a new school, moving to a new place, um, introduced to new people groups, that those are stressful situations in your life and your body um, is so sensitive and it's built that way for beautiful reasons to be so adaptable and um, to be in tune and all these different neurons and all your body is just constantly responding to different stimuli in life. So it's important to support that. And even in a preventative way, in a way that you are preparing yourself for a future adjustment and that way when when things um that might scare you like a like some like an anxiety attack for instance if that comes upon you you know it's not going to scare you as much because you kind of know how to cope i remember when i had my first anxiety attack i it was terrifying because at first it's the first time I ever felt this way. My body is reacting in such a strange way. I literally like couldn't see, but um, I have been aware of that. I've been educated about that. I'd helped my friends who had panic attacks, you know, do breathing techniques and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of adapt that to my own self. And for me, what really helped was, you know, a breathing definitely helped because that's more of like a physical response to get your brain more oxygen and the other aspect that really helped me was lights out. I kind of laid myself down too, and then I just put headphones in and I listened to music. And I think that um, different times are, you know, you're able to listen to different kinds of music. I know for me, when my brain is, is, so circulating and for instance during like that panic attack versus you know maybe when I might be like sad or something I might want to listen if I'm sad I probably want to listen to something with like uplifting lyrics but if when I'm like in a panic attack i literally like the I love the science behind a lot of these um mental mental health um you know syndromes and stuff like that because it really being able to visualize what is going on and a person's body helps me have more empathy and understanding of, okay, like this is what's going on and mm-hmm. how we can adapt to that. So for instance, you know, when I'm having a panic, ta- a panic attack, I know that like my neurons are literally just like circulating all over the place and they're not able to focus on any one thing um other than... Something that is completely like a neutral. So I just listen to instrumental jazz. Like I can't have any lyrics. Mm -hmm. I can't have anyone speaking to me, (laughs) but just instrumental jazz will kind of help it me calm down, kind of like breathe to like the beat. And like instrumental jazz is also very spontaneous. So it doesn't follow like the typical um, music flow. And so it almost enables it to be a little bit more, and it doesn't have to predict what the next song is it doesn't have to like it just helps my body settle into a more natural rhythm and for me that helps um and also the beauty of mental health is that while there are commonalities and it's great for people to like recognize that relate we're not alone it's also so personal so I think that's why it shouldn't be stigmatized as well because You really have to get to know the person. You have to get to know the circumstances. Um, Different people are triggered for different reasons. Some people are aware of these triggers. Some people aren't. So just having a conversation about it. And it's kind of similar to what we're having here. Just being able to talk about it and, and open each other's perspective. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much, Glo, for just for being transparent about your own experiences right now. Like you, earlier, you shared about your um sexual assault experience, and sharing about your panic attack now, and just how you cope with things. I think that's that's really beautiful, and that um it's really helpful for the people who are listening. I I would hope so because it it kind of just lets them know that they're not alone, which is what you've been talking about and sharing as well, um. Could I ask you how you got started into, um, would you call it music therapy? Yeah, so it's music therapy is something
1: that I started with. It's kind of something that I accidentally came about, but then I became more educated in as I started um to do it more myself. So really one of the ways the only ways that I'd be able to calm down and kind of um connect within was more through music. So I just listened to music through myself and then I realized, okay, like I know a lot about like my different friends who study psychology. I've always been super interested in cognitive behavioral therapy and how mm-hmm. that is a therapy um mechanism that really helps teach people coping mechanisms and and empowers them to continue that on their own so they're mm-hmm. not dependent on a therapist. And the therapist is more just like a tool. It's more um, like a bridge into someone being able to have more awareness about themselves and, and be able to support themselves and certain people in their lives that they entrust with that position as well. And so that's something that I learned. So music therapy was really important for me until I was able to identify certain safe people in my life. And that's something that I've also realized, especially with um, working with, my mom is a huge um, part of this foundation in California called Safe Passage. And they work with survivors of domestic violence safety and like having safe people around you is really a privilege that a lot of people don't have especially when they are coming from you know maybe like a low-income situation or they just are literally in a location that just doesn't have a lot of Components of safety, and so they just don't have access to that. So, while a lot of um, effective therapy does happen when you have a good support system around you, which includes Mm -hmm. safe people, you know that might be your family. For a lot of people, it's not their family. It has to be, you know, for instance, um, there are certain programs like AA, and you have like a mentor, some a sponsor. And so, when you have someone who's able to sponsor you and meet up with you, like that's consistent of a safe person. Um, group therapy like the people within your group you have specific boundaries within to share so like those are safe people your therapist mm-hmm. would be a safe person but when you're kind of going through a trauma and you haven't established those safe people yet one of the easiest ways for me to create a safe place in my in my mind my heart my soul and spirit is through music and because yeah, yeah. um, music really has more of an emotional response.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's able to bypass those those negative thoughts that can be circulating and it can connect you straight to your heart. And for me, um, I realized that I had a huge disconnect for my head and my heart. And that is something that I learned through, through therapy, through prayer, through different um, just books and things like that, um, that a lot of people... Have been educated just throughout like society and like um our our whole culture's focus on being intellectual and like how being like a type A person is how people went in life and mm-hmm. um developing your right brain is is something that is in education and basically in our educational system. So they're developing the right brain more than the left brain. So whether or not you like have a inclination towards the left or the right brain as from birth, you are naturally just throughout the systems of life, probably going to be inclined to develop your right brain more than your left. And so you have this natural imbalance within you. And so for some people, Due to that, it's just harder for them to connect to their emotions, which is part of their left brain. And so understanding this, this whole neuroscience behind um, people's responses has helped me understand how music, which is, you know, the arts, it's connects your left brain. Um, so whenever I'm operating too much in my right brain, when I am having those, um, when I'm overthinking or when I'm having... Um, a lot of panic can start with those those circulating thoughts and Mm -hmm. so that's when you're operating a lot in your right brain so if you're able to sort of balance and bridge that to to go into your left brain a little bit more you're able to gain more um control of the situation you're just able to have more balance and also maybe control isn't the best word because the left brain is actually the more spontaneous part of your body. So it actually operates well when there is uncontrolled circumstances. And so that's something that I've had to learn. And honestly, constantly every day I have to learn how to surrender control and learn how to just realize, okay, like I'm not in control of this, but that's okay because I am, you know, developing trust. I am, There's just certain things that um, a person that is more inclined to being a left brain um, will naturally have versus me who's like more naturally of a right brain. um, I will be a little bit more analytical in a certain situation. So I think that music therapy has really helped me connect my head and my heart and also be more understanding of you know, the artists and the musicians around me who might naturally be more a little bit left brain developed and also how to support them and help them connect into the more right brain things, which are analytical. And part of CBT is, you know, analyzing your different, um, the roots of your triggers and things like that. And so like a left mm-hmm. brain inclined person might not be, um, might not uh, automatically think of like oh why am I feeling this way? They might just jump into the feeling, and so it's important to have a balance of both. So that's that's what I've learned through it, and I it keeps me excited, keeps me intrigued because throughout a person's life, um, those different levels change just based on stimuli, um, environment, atmosphere, and so it's always cool to check in with people um, and check in with yourself to see like, oh, which way am I leaning? Which way is more, um, proficient for this moment and things like that.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you, glow. I think that it's, um, it's, it's really interesting to hear about the scientific aspect as you're describing to us. And thank you for the information. I think like most of my podcast episodes, it's more like just personal experience and, um, people talking about their therapy but it's really great to hear about the neuroscience side Um, I love
1: like science is something I know I definitely came to New York to study more business and film but I just love science and um, my fallback school was to be to study whales and Puget Sound and like marine biology and just science and More specifically, zoology. But I remember, like, studying anatomy and studying genetics, um, in like middle school and high school was something that helped me appreciate myself more. And just learning how the body works made me value myself more and value Mm -hmm. others more because I'm, I was so in awe of how our bodies are just so adaptive and um, so intricately. Um, working together. So <laughs> yeah, the the scientific aspect definitely gives, gives a deeper understanding. Oh, and um, just a quick little reference in that one book that's really helped me um, with the neuroscience aspect that I believe is just important for people, um, actually more specifically those people who have not experienced trauma in deep ways and uh, for them to understand the 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 way that the body responds mentally and um, physiologically and so that gives you a little bit more of an empathetic understanding when you're dealing with people who've experienced trauma and most people have experienced trauma in different ways in their life but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for people to connect with like a deeper trauma like you know maybe sexual assault or maybe you know a um, huge death in the family or maybe some sort of, um, yeah, one of those big, big ones. And so <laughs> uh, it's just hard for people to understand that without maybe some some scientific tests and things behind it. And the way that um, he explains it is really good. So I highly recommend The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a great book written by a... Harvard-educated neuroscientist, and he is um, from the Netherlands, so he also has a little bit of more of like an international view of things too, which is always helpful to have. And um, yeah, it's just really cool because he talks about basically how the body responds, and throughout the end of the book, he also gives certain coping mechanisms and things that have worked and haven't worked. So um, you can not only like educate yourself, but also pass that knowledge on to others. So, read. It.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'll definitely link that book in um in the podcast notes. Great. Um, because you're in um like you don't have healthcare as accessible as in Canada, maybe like something on how to get resources in where you are and kind of something like that.
1: Oh, that's um, interesting. I feel like the way that I do have a lot of benefits with my job
0: Mm-hmm. so
1: i'm not sure if i would have the best because a lot of my resources that i use for instance like my therapy i get it for free within um within my my job has like a portal right. of like the different therapists that and we have you know healthcare within that and then um we have i remember so different things like question. that i know for for a lot of other things, I've just used, like, Google for, um, I, you know, Google different resources. I remember when um, uh, the, the rape hotline is very helpful. I had no idea who to talk to. I didn't know what, like, you know, um, hospital to go to. I didn't know what to do. It's not, like, something you get educated about and prepare for. So no, the hotline yeah. was great. They, like, gave me information, spoke. Slowly, um, health. Uh, what's what's it called? Social workers. Social workers are amazing. They will hold your hand through everything, especially when your brain is just not wanting to process or do any sort of research to Google things for yourself. Um, so, a social worker—that's their job—and they'll be able to like calm you down and um, be understanding. Um, different community groups, like um, like a church or a temple or a. Um, there's different, um, you know, there's different organizations like AA, SLA, um, and uh, there's other, other aspects too of, well, honestly, a lot of programs for maybe like homeless people or maybe people who have gone through different abuse, they will have resources For you for instance Mm -hmm. if you need any like legal aid or if you need any um any just referrals a lot of a lot of people they they just you know naturally have all this information and maybe they do have deal with a little bit more extreme cases but they'd be able to point you in the right direction so it's always always good to be able to just advocate in that way anything that's like local like reach out to different friends. Um, I I definitely asked a lot of like my friends, oh, like, what did you do when you were in this experience? Mm -hmm. Um, Like what, um, how did you contact like these different practitioners? And they would, you know, share their experience and give some recommendations. Um, And Instagram has also been helpful. I've noticed a lot, especially this summer, it's been a great way to share resources. A lot of people use helpful infographics, um, helpful links, a little master docs, you know, LinkedIn bio moments. And so I think that that's really helpful too, um, mm-hmm. to just be aware of click through. Um, I, I love saving things. I have, um, on you know you can do the little save tab on instagram and i'll like I have yeah. a little folder and i'll just be like info and i have the o is like a zero to look all cute <laughs> um, um, <laughs> so it's like info and i i just keep that as info even if i don't need it right now it's just a great way to have a resource um for the future or for instance if like a friend needs it or i'm scrolling through and um and just that's also something i've realized in mental health because i know that that um, Social media can be used a lot in a negative way. There's, you know, a yeah. lot of cyberbullying that happens, but I also, that sort of empowers me to do the opposite and flip the narrative. And for instance, if there's someone that I don't know that is I can see as struggling or might be struggling because you never want to assume, um i can just have the confidence to share like a positive resource with them or even give them a positive comment you know on like a picture or something and be like have a great day stay strong um mm-hmm. and you know there's proper boundaries so you know sometimes i would say like hey reach out to me if you need to sometimes i wouldn't because You you don't always want to invite a stranger to talk to you, but Mm -hmm. there is a, it is empowering to be able to just through social media, share a resource, share a link, be like, Hey, like, I don't know if you've um, heard of this, but like NAMI is like a really great resource. um, If you are feeling down and you need someone to talk to, you know, things like that. And um, because I think, as, as I said before, you know, social media has been used in such negative ways to tear people down. And I think it can be a great way to build people up and um, connect in, in a way that, you know, I might never see this person, but i would be able to give them a helpful resource. And, you know, that might be the thing that they needed to help them carry on.
0: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think even when you're talking about safe spaces, trying to find a safe space online can be a uh, something that they can do as well yeah totally and
1: that's also really helpful I definitely went through a whole um purge I guess of who I was following and um because it's a lot of what you let in it really affects you and it I kind of mentioned before about how like sometimes I can only listen to like instrumental music because my body just can't process that. And it's okay to be sensitive. You have to be like so in tune with your body because if your body is like highly sensitive right now, it's, it's trying to tell you something. And something that I had to learn was that it wasn't like there was something wrong with me and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck this way forever. Like I'm going to be highly sensitive forever. Like, oh no, like I'm going to have to change the way that I live. I just had to realize, like, oh, at this time, I have to adjust. And, like, right now, like, I can't watch movies that have sex in them. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. like, listen to songs that are, like, have explicit language in it. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time period that I just couldn't because it would be triggering. And, um, and just, um, so I had to kind of filter what I, uh, what was coming into me because it, would be damaging. And I don't want to like keep poking at a wound. So I kind of like let that wound heal over until, you know, there was a bit more like thickness there and regular skin. So I could kind of just approach things with a regular, um, lens. And, you know, after I did take the time to heal now it's instead of becoming callous to it and, and not having feelings towards seeing, um, you know, different, different triggers. Now I'm able to, to have like a healthy barrier and understand and still be aware. Cause I feel like a lot of people when they're highly sensitive, they're, they want to just keep beating at it until, you know, you can't feel it anymore. And that's sad because, um, for instance, if that, you know, you want to be able to feel like good things in life. So you shouldn't try to like be insensitive to the bad things because then you might be insensitive to, to positive things in your life too. So, um, but yeah, creating a safe place online definitely was for me, like who I followed, sometimes who was following me, you know, not everyone needs to see your journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, sometimes that can be almost anxiety inducing of like, who is watching you and who is not. So sometimes, you know, you just, you know, create that boundary. You can let people back into your life later, but it is up to you and your control, like who is giving you input and advice at the moment. So, um, and that I think is just empowering in and of itself. And I think it kind of all comes down to, to awareness and and that awareness really gives you, really makes you aware of the fact that you have power over these, um, these things that might make you feel powerless in the moment
0: so yeah oh yay thank you so much glow I feel like I can just listen to you talk all day like your voice is so soothing and (laughs) everything's so informative like oh my goodness (laughs) um yeah but I just wanted to say before we wrap things up and um just I wanted to ask uh how we can support you and your future um music endeavors I guess
1: oh yeah so I am I feel like part of my my mental health process is that I do like to write every day and that looks different from, you know, an actual songwriting session to, you know, sometimes I'm just like walking through the park and I see some birds and I'm like, birds, rhyme with words. I don't know, I just kind of like <laughs> go off on a little like riff or something. But um, I'll always try to write like something. But now I feel like I've been getting more more songs more complete concepts I'm also working a little bit more on like instruments I'm getting my guitar restrung as a lefty guitar embracing the fact that I'm a lefty and I don't have to conform <laughs> to right-handed guitar standards <laughs> um so that's a journey for me too just learning how to like um you know write music to that to um and collab with different artists so I'm I'm becoming I'm like creating a project versus just like creating for myself which is exciting so that's going to probably happen sometime next year I'll be just trying to open the narrative on like my Instagram a little bit more talk with more people get different people's perspectives on their own mm-hmm. musical and artistic processes so kind of stay tuned a bit for that different podcasts like this um, so anything I think would be the easiest to just refer to me on my Instagram, um, which is glow holds At full um, And that way, because anything that I will put on there is I've kind of just try to share little snippets of my life, little mental health um, resources, um, different things I'm passionate about and, you know, want to advocate different things going on in the world, social justice mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and for instance if I collab with anyone, I'll obviously share all of their information on there as well. Um, so I think that's like the best resource to just keep in touch with me and um yeah. Awesome.
0: Ah, just, Yay. just stay tuned. Yay. Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you so much, Glow. Thank you for being such a great guest on this podcast. I'm so happy that we crossed paths. Me too. Mm-hmm. It was such yeah. a
1: such a divine like um connection to be honest cuz yeah. it's sometimes and that's also really exciting too because sometimes you'll just open your mind to like a possibility and then it'll just come in your path and you're like wow this was meant to be and I'll take it mm-hmm. um you know be thankful and like appreciate the situation and take it for what it needs to be so thank yeah. you for this opportunity to chat and we're obviously going to continue to chat continue the conversation and Open it up to others too to join in.
0: Yes. Yay. Thank you so much, Glow. Thank you to everyone who's listening as well. Awesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Take care.